Good morning, church. I hope everyone's well today. It's good to be in the house of the Lord with you here in the house and those at your house, wherever that may be, joining us online today. I'm Pastor Mark Putman, one of the pastors here at Anderson Hills. Well, some of the early Native American tribes had a very unique way of training their young braves. On the night of a boy's 13th birthday, after already having been taught how to hunt and to fish and to scout through the forest, the boy was put to one final test. He was placed in a dense forest to spend the entire night alone. Now, until then, he had never been away from the security of his family and his tribe. But on this night, he was blindfolded, and then he was taken deep into the woods several miles away. And when he took off his blindfold, he found that he was in the middle of the forest, alone, dark, terrified. Every time a twig snapped, he could visualize a wild animal ready to pounce. And after spending lots of long, dark hours and what must have seemed like an eternity, finally, the light of dawn would begin to break and light would begin to filter through the heavy canopy of the forest. And he looked about and he could see trees and flowers and the outline of the path leading home again. And then... To his utter astonishment, he beheld the figure of a man standing just a few feet away, armed with a bow and arrow. It was his father. He had been there all night with him. Well, we are in week two of our Godhead series, and together we're exploring the nature and character of God in three persons. God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are eternal and infinite, and there are so many facets to God. We're looking at some of them so that we can develop a strong, healthy relationship with God and understand more fully just how much God offers us and how God meets our deepest needs. Last week, Pastor Mark Rowland talked about how God is our provider, Jehovah Jireh. And today, we are going to see how God is also our protector, Jehovah Sabaoth. Now, the name Jehovah Sabaoth is usually translated as the Lord of hosts in English. And the image is of God, the heavenly commander of an army, commanding the heavenly hosts of all the angels. Now, these are not the cute, chubby, Hallmark Valentine's Day card kind of cherubic angels. No, these are biblical angels, the big kind with swords, the mighty angels that fight the powers in the heavenly realm and cause people to fear and tremble whenever they appear on earth. You'll remember when young David went out to fight against the giant Goliath who was taunting the Israelite army to come out and fight him. And he was mocking little David for being so young and so small. 
And then David ran out toward Goliath saying, you come against me with sword and javelin and spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel. And David struck down that giant with just one smooth stone fired from his slingshot. Jehovah Sabaoth protected David and protected all of Israel that day. God, our loving Heavenly Father, desires to protect us from anyone or anything that could harm us. God is able and willing to use the vast resources of the entire universe, which are at his disposal, to provide protection to those who put their trust in him. And no one, but no one, can rival God in his strength and his ability. There is no power on earth or in heaven that can do all of what God can do to protect us. And we long to be protected, don't we? I mean, it starts early in our childhood, doesn't it? When we are small children and we are afraid of the dark or fearful of the lightning and the thunder and a strong storm, and we long for the protection of our parents. As adults, our fears are different, but we long to be protected all the same. We pray for protection for our children. We pray for protection from illnesses, especially the big ones. We long to be protected from the loss of a job or economic downturns, from accidents, from our enemies. I believe that every single person on earth has fears that they have to face. And some people face their fears and they try and overcome them, like trying to overcome a fear of going to the dentist or trying to overcome a fear of flying, while other people try and avoid their fears at all costs. This year has certainly been a year of uncertainty and fear, hasn't it? First came along COVID-19, and then social unrest began to fill our streets and our cities, and it became clearer than perhaps it has been for quite some time that the world is not a safe place for everyone, and that life is downright unpredictable, and that we aren't really in control of very much, if anything, at all. Of course, the world and life have always been this way. Different scenarios, different players, but much the same uncertainty, danger, and fear. The prophet Isaiah lived in just such a scary time in the southern kingdom of Judah's history. The northern kingdom of Israel had been invaded by Assyria. They had lost the war with them, and now the country was no more. Ten tribes of Israel taken into captivity. And now, about 150 years later, there's a new empire has arisen, Babylon. And it conquered Judah, and her people were carried into captivity in Babylon. And there, the people of Judah felt unprotected, in a foreign land. They wondered if they would ever get to go home to the promised land again. 
You know, God sometimes uses trials in our life to teach us. God doesn't always protect us from the consequences of our bad decisions, like bad financial decisions, or a lack of diligence in our working, or our disobedience to Him. God uses the trials that we face in these consequences to develop our faith, to, to refine us, to help us become more mature Christians. Well, after 70 years in exile in Babylon, God called Isaiah to speak a word to God's people from Jehovah Sabaoth. From the 40, 41st chapter, verses 10 to 12, he writes, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. All who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced. Those who oppose you will be as nothing and perish Though you search for your enemies, you will not find them. Those who wage war against you will be as nothing at all. You know, the Bible is full of reminders that when we find ourselves being fearful, that we can put our trust in God, who is our protector, in this passage, God reminds his people that he is still with them, no matter where they find themselves, even in captivity in Babylon. No matter how frightening things might look, God is upholding his people with his righteous right hand. God is protecting them. He is strengthening his people. They will endure their captivity. Those who are their enemies and have vanquished them will have their situations reversed. It's almost as if their enemies are as insignificant as gnats or as dust. They are nothing. They will perish. And soon, you won't even be able to find them. They will be no more. Psalm 91 is another beautiful passage of Scripture full of wonderful reminders of Father God who is our protector. I want to take a look at it this morning, and we'll start with verses 1 through 4, which say, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you, from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You know, our country is pretty new, isn't it, as countries go in the world. And we don't have a lot of experience in America with fortresses and with places of refuge. But in the ancient world of the Bible, and even in the Middle Ages in Europe, a fortress or a refuge was absolutely an essential need. 
unwalled villages were always clustered around a walled stronghold city because residents would need to flee there in times of war or invasion. And high towers were usually in the very center of the fortress. They were built to withstand everything. Even if the wall was penetrated, that high tower was hard to ever get into. High towers could withstand and defend against a force many times their size. Psalm 91 describes God as our refuge, as our fortress. God is the one to run to when we need protection. He saves us from the traps that are set for us, even from deadly pestilence. And isn't that a great promise to cling to this year especially? Verse 4 shows God our protector like a mother bird might shelter and protect her young from danger under her wings. Jesus himself used this idea in Luke 13 over an unbelieving city of Jerusalem when he said, How often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing Picking up again in Psalm 91, verse 5, it says, You will not fear the terror of day, nor the arrow that flies by night, uh, by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the Most High your dwelling, no harm will overtake you, no disaster will come near your tent. You know, the hours of the night can be especially scary and difficult. Lots of children are afraid of the dark. I know I was. I had to sleep with a light on in my room until, well, I won't tell you how old I had to be. (laughs) But I think to some degree we never really get over that fully. I know that there are some times when I awaken in the middle of the night and I can be absolutely filled with worries and with cares that fill my mind and that never seem nearly so ominous in the light of day. I used to run um, at 10 o'clock at night, long, long time ago, because that was the time of day when my kids were little and I was working full time. It was the only time of day that really fit my schedule. And there was this one stretch of the, uh, the uh, road where I would run often on those nights that was super dark and secluded. Actually, it was down kind of a ravine into a, a wooded area and then up the other side. And almost every time I started down into the darkness there, I would start thinking, I would start praying, I would start reciting Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, even though I go through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. <laughs> I wanted the Lord's protection. Well, of course, nighttime isn't the only time where there's danger. Some of the arrows fly by day, as the psalmist tells us. Probably most of us don't experience real arrows flying by day, the kind that pierce our flesh. But arrows 
at home or arrows at work, words spoken, comments made that pierce our hearts and our souls. God protects us from those too. And I imagine we'll probably hear a little bit more about that next week in God, our identity giver, who protects us from those slings and arrows when we know where our identity comes from. We have to make the Lord our refuge. We can make him our dwelling place, our constant home, so that we can be safe with him. Picking up in verse 11, the psalmist writes, For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Part of this psalm, as you may know, was quoted by Satan when he was tempting our Lord Jesus in the wilderness. You can find that account in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 6. Satan says to Jesus, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from the high point of the temple, for it is written, and then he quotes verses 11 and 12. But Jesus answers him and says, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Yes, God is our fortress and our protection, but that doesn't mean that we should do anything we want naively thinking that there won't be any consequences. I mean, if I drive recklessly all the time, sooner or later, I will get into a wreck. If I jump off a cliff, you know what? The law of gravity is going to be in effect. I will fall down and get hurt or killed. However, when we love the Lord, the psalmist says, and when we know and acknowledge his name, the Lord promises to rescue and protect us. We know we can call upon the Lord and he will save us. My friend, what are some of the trials that you are facing right now? Where do you need God's protection in your life now more than ever. Yesterday, for the very first time ever because of this crazy year that we are living in, the West Ohio Conference of the United Methodist Church gathered for our annual conference by Zoom webinar. There was no trip to Lakeside this past June, no gathering with 2,000 delegates from around our conference to do the work of the conference. We always open our annual conference by singing a famous Charles Wesley hymn, And Are We Yet Alive? And yesterday was no different. One of the stanzas goes like this. What troubles have we seen? What mighty conflicts past? Fightings without and fears within since we assembled last. 
dare say that this is such a fitting thought to ponder this year. We are living in the midst of a worldwide pandemic. We have racial strife and political strife that is dividing our nation and our people. Even the church as a whole, including our own denomination, is facing a future of uncertainty. Lord, we need you to protect us. But I'm not talking about asking the Lord to protect us by, by insulating us or by covering up the hard work that we are going to have to do to protect people's health, all people's health. Or to allow us to pretend that racial injustice isn't a real thing. And we have to acknowledge that it is going to take hard work by all of us to insist on and work toward political policies that work for everyone, not just some people. And the church has to be the example, the example for the world and to build the kingdom where all people are valued for their infinite God-given worth. I'm asking the Lord of hosts, the God of the angel armies, Jehovah Sabaoth, to protect us as we run toward the giant problems that face us and slay them, just like David slayed Goliath. Yes, the problems of our world might seem mighty strong, but our God is stronger, amen? God is a tower, a strong fortress, a shelter, and a shield, but we don't only face attacks in the physical world around us. We face attacks in the spiritual realm as well and in our spirits. And God protects us from those attacks as well. Some days I feel really strong, like I can face anything that comes my way, and other days I'm weak and I struggle. Some days I'm full of faith, and other days I'm full of doubt. If you have days like that too, you aren't alone, my friend. Many of the greatest saints which we look up to as spiritual giants, living examples for all of the rest of us, have gone through their own dark night of the soul when they have doubted their faith. John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement, had lived his whole life as an adult. He was a priest in the Anglican church and yet doubted his own salvation in his adult life until his heartwarming experience on Aldersgate Street in London when he knew without a shadow of a doubt that he was saved by God's grace alone, protected by God's grace and love. And so like Wesley, we can know that, that our protection, that our security doesn't come from us. It comes from God. It comes from what we know is true about God. And what we know is true about God is that God is the protector of our souls. It is the spirit of God who protects us. And that spirit, that spirit lives inside each and every Christian believer did you hear that? The greatest power in the entire universe lives inside of you. The true essence of God's protection is the indwelling of the third member of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. And we'll explore that a few weeks from now.
when we profess our faith in Jesus Christ and when we are baptized and the Holy Spirit is invoked to work within us, we are sealed for the day of redemption. God's Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Romans 8 14 and 16 says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received doesn't make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. At our conversion, the Holy Spirit comes into our heart and enables us to live Christ-centered lives. And the Spirit reminds us that we belong to God. We are his son. We are his daughter. In fact, we can call God Abba, which means daddy. And because the Spirit lives within us, we can begin to hear and sense the Spirit's voice to us, leading us, prompting us, allowing us to rest in the assurance of his protection for us. I want to share one final psalm with you that was part of our Bible reading plan this past week. It's my favorite psalm of all of them, and they're all beautiful, but Psalm 121 speaks to me like none other. It goes like this. I lift up my eyes to the mountains, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. This psalm is one of protection and care. It reminds us that our help is from the Lord who made us and who loves us. And that his loving eyes are always watchful and upon us, guarding us, protecting us, never growing tired. God protects us 24-7, day and night. Our entire life is in God's hand, our life today and our life in the world to come. He will protect us in all that we do forevermore. My friends, trusting in God is how we enjoy his protection in our lives. We never have to be afraid of anyone or anything because our God is more than able to protect us. Even more than parents love and protect their children, God loves and desires to protect us. And his willingness to protect us is as vast and infinite as his ability to protect us. So let us walk fearlessly in everything that we do fully persuaded that God is willing and able to be our greatest protector. Amen? Amen. Will you pray with me? 
O God. Jehovah Sabaoth, God of the angel armies, Lord of the heavenly host. We thank you that you are a God who is our protector, our fortress, our shield, our strong tower, our defense, our refuge. God, build up in us more and more our trust in you so that we never fear anyone or anything because you are on your throne and you are our protector. Help us grow from strength to strength, resting in the assurance of your promises. For we trust you, Lord. We trust you all our days. And all God's people said,